Welcome to today's edition of Draft Utopia. Got some news to get to. The Washington Redskins will be renamed the Washington football team for this season. They couldn't find a logo in time, so they are going with the Washington football team. We even found a Washington football club logo, but Washington's not going to use a logo for their football team. I think the more impressive name debut was the Seattle Kraken. They're um, the Kraken, the Kraken, whatever they end up being, but the Seattle Kraken, or the Seattle Kraken, NHL, Seattle's going to finally have an NHL team. They have an NFL team, they have an MLB and MLS team, they had an NBA team at one point. So if they did bring back the Sonics, and there are reports that Seattle and Kansas City could get expansion teams in the NBA in the near future. And the NBA could be going to 32 teams as well. So Seattle could enter that conversation with New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Los Angeles. As one of these, uh, Miami even, as one of these sports cities to have five pro sports teams in each city, NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, and MLS. I mean, you're looking at New York, Chicago. You can make an argument for Boston if you count the Patriots as a Boston team. But New York, Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia are the main four. And then you got Miami in that conversation now that they have their MLS team, they don't really have a hockey team. They have the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning, but there's not really a hockey team in Miami. But overall, you've got a lot of teams that have multiple sports teams in multiple cities. And Seattle Kraken adds to that list. The Bucks are playing the Spurs today in an NBA scrimmage game. Major League Baseball is back. Two games today, we're going to see... Yankees well, Nationals game at 7 at, between Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer on the mound and then the 10pm game is going to be Dodge, Giants and Dodgers Johnny Cueto versus Clayton Kershaw I'm going to go with the Yankees and Dodgers to win today if I were betting on those games I'm not MLS is back is going to wrap up their round their preliminary round and on tomorrow's show, I am going to have an MLS Super Draft type show with all the top prospects. I'll get a draft order. I'll get all that prepared following tonight's games. So that's pretty much the news in the world of sports. Um, i trying to think of what... Yeah, because I was going to talk about... The Indianapolis Colts for our NFL State of the Franchise and then the Missouri Tigers. That's it? That's all I'm going to be talking about today? No, no. There's a few more things. Weeks 11 and 12. We're going to load those up. We might even break down week 13. So if you love the NFL matchups... I'm going through the games to see which weeks. Yeah, I already broke down Seahawks, Rams. I broke down a lot of these. So 
Weeks 11, 12, and 13, I will break down all of those weeks today. And then I will transition into MLS. Uh, not MLS. I'm going to transition into Colts and then Missouri Tigers for football. So I'm going to be breaking down three weeks worth of games in one show. Top five games for week 11. Top five games for week 12. And top five games for week 13. Cardinals and Seahawks at in Seattle. This is a big game. Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson. And Murray's going to have a lot of weapons. Same could be said for Russell Wilson. Wilson has the two tight ends, Disley and Olsen, Dorsett, Lockett, and Metcalf. Murray's going to have Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, and Christian Kirk, along with receivers for depth from the 2019 NFL Draft. So both of these teams are going to be loaded with weapons. Max Williams is the starting tight end for Arizona. Seattle has the two tight ends. And they have a lot of depth at running back when healthy. So Seattle should win this game. They drafted Jordan Brooks in the first round as a left outside linebacker. So I have to think Seattle's going to win that game at home. Green Bay and Indianapolis, this is a big game. Aaron Rodgers versus Phillip Rivers. Who might be the final Rivers-Rodgers meeting? It's in Indy. It's at Lucas Oil Stadium. And this is a big game. Because I remember in Luck's rookie year, his second year, he beat the Packers at home at Lucas Oil. I think this is the first game between these two teams at Lucas Oil since Luck's rookie year. So, because Luck retired a few years ago, Rivers is not going to get that sat. Luck, Rodgers, I mean. Rodgers is not going to get that satisfaction. My bad. But yeah, Aaron Jones and um, Aaron Austin Eckler are going to be big running backs in this game. Both these teams have, don't have middle linebackers that can stop the run. So both of these teams should have success running the ball. I mean, that's a great fantasy week to start those players, Aaron Jones and Eckler. Philadelphia heads to Cleveland this game. This will be the first Baker-Mayfield-Carson Wentz matchup we've seen. Carson Wentz did beat the Browns in his first career start, which is ironic because the Browns wanted Goff, but they didn't want Wentz, according to reports. So, Eagles and Browns in Cleveland, Baker-Mayfield and Miles Garrett going up against Carson Wentz. And Wentz... It's going to have a good offensive line. Dillard at left tackle. They are going to put Jason Peters at right guard where Brandon Brooks played before his injury. And the Browns have good secondary. I don't know if they can shut down the Eagles outright because you have Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams at corner. I feel like those corners can contain Wentz's receivers. Philadelphia, I don't know if they did enough to upgrade linebacker in the draft. Nick Chubb might be able to run for 100 yards on this defense. Titans-Ravens, this is a rematch of the playoffs last year where the Titans went into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. I don't think that happens this time around. I think the Ravens take care of business and they beat the Titans pretty soundly because they didn't have as many weapons. They added Duvernay in the draft. They added Dobbins for depth. They added Proche. They have more weapons offensively than they did last year. And the Titans added Christian Fulton and Jonathan Joseph. So the Titans are deeper at corner too. So this... Ravens receivers Titans corner matchup that'll be interesting that the Ravens have the corners to shut down the Titans receivers so it's going to be a very defensive game much like January's playoff game between these two teams but I expect the Ravens to come out of this thing on top with the win 
Now, if Jonu Smith is a player, Jonu Smith can pick apart Chris Clark and Earl Thomas, the Titans should win. But Jonu Smith's going to be a player to keep an eye on in that game. Dallas Cowboys and Minnesota Vikings. Ezekiel Elliott versus Dalvin Cook. You know the running backs in this matchup are going to be huge. Minnesota's got great linebackers, as does Dallas. So th watching the running backs against these linebackers for both teams is going to be a lot of fun. And I feel like Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins are both capable of picking apart the opposing secondary. So Dallas, they did get, they do have some okay corners. They did draft Diggs. Minnesota drafted Gladney to compliment um, Mike Hughes. So they, they've got some corners as well. And I don't know if they're deep enough to stop Dallas as a receiving core. Dallas has three receivers, Cooper, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. Minnesota only has two corners at this point. So I think Dallas probably does have somewhat of an advantage. Their receivers against their corners. And I think you can make the same argument for the Vikings receivers against the Cowboy corners until we know who those corners are. All right, Week 12, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. This is going to be on Thanksgiving at Heinz Field. I think the last time Coach the, the game where Coach Tomlin put his feet on the sideline with the Jacoby Jones return, I think that was a Thanksgiving game in 2013 or 2012. It was a Thanksgiving game at Heinz Field between those teams, and Baltimore-Pittsburgh is going to be a big rivalry, especially with Ben back for these games. That's going to be huge so we're going to see Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger it'll be a Thanksgiving day night game in Pittsburgh I don't know if there will be fans at limited capacity yet that's up to the teams to decide James Conner versus and Benny Snell versus Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins there's going to be a lot of running the football both teams have linebackers to stop anyway look at this Baltimore Pittsburgh game Baltimore's going to be deeper at receiver than they've been in previous years and Pittsburgh, I don't know if they've got anybody outside of Hayden that can stop these receivers. They're just so deep at the position. And you got Mark Andrews going up against uh, only safety I think Pittsburgh has that could stop Mark Andrews is um, Minka Fitzpatrick. I, I, I would pick Mark Andrews over Terrell Edmonds any day. So Baltimore's going to have some advantages. Pittsburgh, they're going to have a lot of receivers too. But Baltimore's just a deep cornerback team. I don't think it's going to matter. As long as Savon Young's healthy, as long as these corners are healthy, I don't think it's even going to matter that Pittsburgh added more depth at receiver. I think Baltimore just has the advantage in that department, which is why people are picking Baltimore to win. 49ers and Rams, this game is going to be at the new Rams Stadium in Los Angeles. It's going to feature the Niners and the Rams. And... Jared Goff versus Garoppolo. I think the 49ers have one of the league's best defenses. A defense I'm actually considering taking in fantasy here. Banal is on the clock, but I'm on deck. And if the 49ers defense falls to my lap, I am going to grab their defense in round 12 or round 13 because I look at their defense. I love their defensive linemen, even with uh, Kinlaw taking over for uh, Buckner. And then I love their linebackers, and their defensive backs are pretty good, too. And they're one of these teams that's just completed all the positions. And this defense will give Goff problems. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are probably the two best assets for Goff, but they have a third receiver, Josh Reynolds, and they have Van Jefferson, their second-round pick out of Florida. 
and they got Cam Akers out of Florida State. But they also have Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. We don't know whether Henderson, Brown, or Akers. I like Akers the best of the three, but I've seen some reports that Akers is a third-string running back on their depth chart. So I'm honestly not sure where how much the Rams value these running backs. The Rams are also pretty deep at tight end. Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, and... Bryson Hopkins, they drafted him out of Purdue. I interviewed him at the Senior Bowl, so there's a lot to like with the um, 49ers and Rams. Jalen Ramsey should be able to shut down Ayuk or Debo Samuel, but the other players on defense are going to have trouble with the other complimentary players. I think Kittle has a big day. Kittle could easily go off and have 100 yards against these Rams defense safeties. Stopping him is always a pain, and I just don't think the Rams have the personnel and safeties to stop Kittle, and that should lead to a Niner win. But the Rams have some pieces. But the 49ers, as long as they're healthy, if the, if the single player on the 49ers gets injured, then they don't have the depth to stop this offense. But... As long as the 49ers' 11 starters on defense are healthy, they should be good to go. Ram, Saints play the Broncos in Denver. Drew Brees heads to Denver. That altitude, that weather, Drew Brees versus Drew Locke. And you'd think the altitude would work in Denver's favor because Brees does play better indoors. And it's a game Denver could win. If Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller step up and get by Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramzik, they can get pressure on Brees. Locke's going to have a lot of weapons, two tight ends with uh, Albert O and Noah Fant, and then you got the three receivers, and you got the depth at running back they have with Lindsey, Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman, and then the receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and K.J. Hamler. They have a lot working for them, and the Saints have the personnel to limit what they do. But it's in Denver, it's a home game, and if Breeze plays poorly in the altitude, I mean, I could see the Broncos winning this game and pulling the upset. Sunday night game, I think, for this week is um, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, Mahomes versus Brady, interconference game in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium. I love this matchup for both teams, because I think Tampa Bay's offense and Kansas City's offense are both going to pick apart the opposing defenses. I know Carlton Davis had 19 deflections last year, but Tyree, he didn't face a talent like Tyree Kill. And you got Watkins back. You've got Travis Kels back. I think both this will be a high-scoring game in Tampa. Eric Fisher and um, Mitchell Schwartz should give Mahomes time in the pocket. Um, Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirth should give Brady clean pocket, too. This should be a high-scoring game, and it should be a heck of a contest. Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate. There are just too many Mike Evans, Godwin. There are too many weapons for this Chiefs defense to game plan against. And the same could be said with Kansas City's offense. There's too many weapons for the Buccaneers to game plan against. But I think with Devin White, he should be able to stop Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It'll be a high-scoring game, though, but decision-making will be huge in this contest. And then the final Week 12 game is going to be Seattle and Philadelphia. It's in Philly. Russell Wilson versus Carson Wentz. Seattle swept Philly last year in Philly. This will be a Monday night game, and it'll be a statement game for the Eagles. They'll really have a chance to show that they're for real after losing the wild card game to Seattle at home. This is kind of a mission statement game for them, and it's a big game. Russell Wilson having all those guys. 
All right, let's get to Week 13. Um, week 13 Thursday night game is Dallas-Baltimore. And this is a money game because Dak Prescott gets a franchise tag. Lamar Jackson's playing for that fifth-year tender on his contract as well as some um, contract incentives. So that's definitely something to look at. Houston's going to face Philadelphia. It's in Philly. Carson Wentz versus Deshaun Watson. I'm leaning with the Eagles here, but I kind of expect this game to be high scoring. The Eagles are moving their number two corner, Jalen Mills, to safety, and they've got Rodney McLeod. They got another safety. They did lose Malcolm Jenkins at free safety. So if they're moving Jalen Mills to free safety, then that could be problematic if they're number two, number three corners. So Watson could end up making the right reads and picking apart them, and I think Wentz will make some right reads too, so I kind of expect a high-scoring game between these teams, because both teams have great offensive lines that match up well with the opposing defensive line. The Philadelphia Eagles have a good defensive line, but the Texans have a better offensive line. If Titus Howard's not healthy, then there might be an opening for Brandon Graham or whoever's starting at 43 left and to get some pressure on Watson and try to make something happen. So, that's one of the things you can look at in this matchup because I think it, both teams have the offensive advantage over the opposing defense, and that's going to lead to a high-scoring game. Green Bay heads to Denver. Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Locke. So Denver goes from hosting New Orleans in Week 12 to hosting Green Bay in Week 13. They're getting a lot of these... Um... Wait, never mind. I, I retract that. Colts play the Texans. I screwed up. So the Cowboys play the Ravens. I got that right, but the Colts head to Houston to take on the Texans. Rivers-Watson, big divisional matchup in Houston. And then the Eagles go to Green Bay to take on the Packers, and that'll be a fun game. That game came right down to the wire on Thursday Night Football last year. Then on Sunday Night Football, it's Broncos-Chiefs. No, there's no Broncos-Packers. I misread that. But a Broncos-Chiefs rematch at Arrowhead. Locked in face Mahomes at Arrowhead. That was his only loss last year. And then the Monday night game is the Bills and the 49ers. It's in San Francisco. Both of these teams could arguably have the top two defenses in the NFL by the time Week 13 arrives. So there's that to look forward to. All right. Hold on a second. I kind of do want to read the Colts roster, and then after that, I'll get Missouri ready and we'll wrap up this show. So the Colts signed all their rookies. And they are my current number seven seed, even though I haven't typed any season previews or any code yet. The Colts are my projected seven seed at this point. Rivers and Brissett are both in contract years. You drafted Jacob Eason to be the QB of the future. Marlon Mack in a contract year. Him and Jonathan Taylor are going to split carries, and then Taylor will become the feature back next season. He'll be that breakout player. Roosevelt Nix is in a contract year at fullback. Hilton's in a contract year. Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell are both under contract for the next three years, so even if Hilton leaves, they're going to have two receivers that can step up and make some things happen. Jack Doyle's got three years left on his deal, and they got a bunch of backup tight ends and one-year prove-it deals. Um, Costanzo took a two-year extension. They didn't go with anything past that. Um, Glowinski's got his contract 
under until 2022. Nelson's 2023 and Braden Smith 2022. Ryan Kelly actually enters the final year of his rookie deal this season. He got the fifth-year player option with the $10 million. And Ryan Kelly is going to be one of the most sought-at free agents. Very good on this Colts offensive line. So if Ryan Kelly can't get extended, he's going to be one of the most sought-after unrestricted free agents this offseason. DeForest Buckner and Justin Houston are the backbone of this defense. Justin Houston is in a contract year. They did lose um, Jabal Sheard to free agency. Justin Houston was their best pass rusher last year. So he's in a contract year, as is inside linebacker Anthony Walker Jr. He's a guy that they kind of needed to replace for a while. They've got Darius Leonard, but they don't really have that left outside linebacker. Bobby Okirke could be a good left outside linebacker. And they did get him, I think, in free agency or something. Yeah, they got Bobby Okirke out of Stanford. And he could be a nice left outside linebacker. But you look at the corners. They got Xavier Rhodes as a number two corner to Kenny Moore. So Rocky Sin gets to stay in the nickel and develop for another year. Travis Carey could be a dime. And with Moore, Rhodes, and uh, Rocky Sin, I think those are three good corners. You have Kari Wills had a very good rookie year with 76 tackles at strong safety. Was able to steal that strong safety job from Clayton Gathers. And now you got Malik Hooker in a contract year. So you're going to have a lot, a few guys in contract years. But you're going to have a lot of money, just like you did last offseason, to go out and spend on all these guys. You had like $82 million last year. You'll probably have around the same amount. Because the Colts went out and got a lot of guys and signed the one-year deals. So that's something to take into consideration here. Because I think the Colts do have the off... <laughs> <coughs> receivers secondary with the addition of Rhodes if he actually gets his act together and rebounds. If Rhodes rebounds, this is a playoff team, and if he doesn't, they're going to have some weaknesses that teams are going to have no problem exploiting. And the Colts, they will just make it look effortless when they exploit those weaknesses. And I'll break down Missouri before I wrap up the show. Yep. In today's edition of What the FBS, Missouri is the team I'm breaking down, and they didn't play as well as expected. Barry Odom did get fired, and they had Drew Locke and Kelly Bryant as their quarterbacks. Now they're transitioning to Sean Robinson, They and they got a four-star recruit from the class of 2021, and they've got Connor Bazelak, a freshman redshirt. So... Sean Robinson was a, a backup at TCU. Taylor Powell, a redshirt freshman. And Connor Taylor, two-year backup Taylor Powell. Sean Robinson's a TCU transfer. You got Taylor Powell and redshirt freshman Connor Bazelak. He started the final game of last year, but tore his ACL. Now you've got a four-star recruit from the class of 2021 as well. So quarterback's not a position, well, maybe a position of weakness this year. Once they get that four-star recruit, that'll become a position of strength. You have Larry Browntree, the third, is, running, is your running back. Two returning starters on the offensive line at right guard and right tackle. They're both juniors. So the offensive play, there may be a drop-off, but Trey Williams, Kobe Whiteside, a 
Kyle Byers at defensive tackle, Chris Turner. Your defensive line looks very good. You have Nick Bolton at linebacker. Devin Nicholson could be a 2022 or 2023 guy at linebacker. Jarvis Ware, Adam Sparks at corner. Stacey Brown, your sophomore, is your nickel, and you have two senior safeties. So I think Missouri, their safety tandem with their defense overall, I think Missouri is a very good defense, but they their offense looks bad. And they're projected to go 2-6 and six in SEC play, 5-7 and seven this year. And Central Arkansas, that's a win if they keep that game. They keep Eastern Michigan. They keep BYU. And they keep Louisiana. Those are four wins on their schedule. And if they beat Vanderbilt, they go to South Carolina. I think they can beat South Carolina, even though South Carolina... They beat South Carolina 34-14 at home. I think they can beat South Carolina... I think with Missouri, you're honestly looking at a team that could be 4-0 heading into the Tennessee game, assuming none of the games in the SEC get canceled. I think Missouri is that good this year. They could be 4-0 heading into Nalen Stadium. And that will be a big game, that game, because if they win that, they get BYU, and they could be 6-0 heading into the Georgia game. If we're being completely honest here, they could be 6-0 heading into the Georgia game. They probably lose to Georgia. Uh, they, lose to, they lose to Kentucky. They might beat Kentucky at home, you know, that after Missouri plays Kentucky, which I think is a winnable game, they get Mississippi State at home at, on the road, Florida on the road, Louisiana at home, and Arkansas at home. And I do have Arkansas pulling the upset. So I have Missouri at eight and four, but I have them seven and one to start the year with a win against Kentucky, and then I have them losing. Actually I have them at seven and five. So I have, wait, I have them at 8-4 and four because I have them beating Louisiana. So I have them losing to Mississippi State, losing to Florida, losing to Arkansas. So I have them starting the year 7-1 and one, but finishing 8-4 and four with a bowl game. But they beat Tennessee they, uh, in Nayland. They could be 7-5. and five. They lose to Tennessee in Nayland, they're 7-5. and five. They beat Tennessee in Nayland, they're 8-4. and four. That'll wrap up this edition of Draft Utopia. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on uh, Twitter, follow on Instagram. We have a YouTube page you can subscribe to and BitChute if you want full game content. Tomorrow, 2021 MLS Super Draft action will be here on the podcast. We'll break down picks 1 through 27 the Super Draft. That'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait until then. And enjoy MLB opening day. So long.